God bless you as we seek the Lord together for the year 2022. This is STL 22. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for blessing us with this day. Thank you, God, that we are about to get into the book of Esther and this prophetic season. And Lord, you know I'm excited, God. I'm asking that you use my mouth and that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge and counsel would just rest upon me and understanding as you deliver this word to your children through my mouth in the name of Jesus. Father, bring insight, bring revelation, bring wisdom. Open up these scriptures to us and allow us to become hopeful about where we're going in the future and allow us to see where we are right now. God, we thank you. Hallelujah for the throne, for the kingdom, for the status change, for the promotion, for everything that you have been leading us to sow and work and serve and consecrate for. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all, I've done got to speak it in tongues and everything else. Okay, so I'm going to do my best. <laughs> I'm going to do my best to teach this and keep it together. <laughs> I'm going to do my very best to teach this and keep it all the way together. But I'm getting myself all hyped up because that's what's happening. Okay, um, so we're going to talk about God's process my God. <laughs> y'all gotta just pardon me as I get this out. Okay. Like y'all just gotta roll with me. First of all, let's talk about how much I've loved the book of Esther. I mean, like this is an ongoing love that I have for this book. Okay. So to be able to teach it and just to talk about it and to pull out some insight, it makes me glad. Like I love the book of Esther, literally, like I flip to it, I go to sleep, like I love listening to it with it, like, listen, y'all. So this book just excites me, all right? This excites me. Some people love um, Ruth like that. That's how they feel. Honey, <laughs> see, look, can we just talk? Can we just talk for like a few minutes before I start teaching? I don't want Boaz. Like he's good. Like I'm happy for Ruth and I'm happy for the Ruths and I'm happy when they get their Boaz. Good for you. Boo boo. Look at me. No, serious. No. Yes. Look straight. I want King Xerxes. I want Uhasuerus. I, I want, I want, that's, that's the type right there. Esther, she got it. Let me tell y'all something. Esther got it and she wasn't even looking for it. Esther got it when she was minding her business. Esther came from such low circumstances. Esther was literally orphaned. Some people are raised by their grandparents when their mother and their father, something happens to the mother or the father, their parents are on drugs or just not interested or whatever. She was raised by her cousin. Like she, it wasn't even grandparents, none of like her cousin had to raise her. We talking about a low situation. We're talking about the most humble beginnings ever. And Esther, see y'all wait because I'm about to um, get to hollering. So let me calm down. Because sometimes we begin to think, and this is how a lot of us think, that the place that we came from and the place that we are currently in is all that God has ordained for us. 
that we're going to have to work where we are, that we're going to have to preach the gospel where we are, that we are just going to stay where we are and God never has anything more for us. That's how we think. And so sadly, uh, for a lot of us, we don't, we, we fight against God's processes when he's trying to promote us, when he's trying to move us, when he's trying to introduce us into something else. You don't know how many people I've spoken to who said, really, God, you have that for me. Nobody in my family does that. I don't know anybody like that because where we are and where we've come from, we can't see ourselves past that. Here goes Hadassah. My God. Name means myrtle, which is associated with hope. So here she goes. No parents, seemingly orphaned, raised by her male cousin, didn't have no women around her, none spoken of, in the most humble conditions and upbringing ever. There's no glory there. There's nothing notable there. It's actually quite sad. It makes you wonder how can somebody lose not one but two parents? How is it that she ended up with a male cousin? Did she not have anybody? Was there no women around? Nobody else in her family that could take her and raise her the right way? No. It had to be her cousin. Just her cousin. Nobody else wanted her. Her cousin had to come get her. And she's living with this cousin and she's obeying him. He's raising her. And see, that's for us is where uh, we think like our story just is. Like this is just life. I'm going to get a job here. I'm going to, you know, possibly meet someone here, you know, and marry them here and raise a family here because this here is where I've always been. I don't know what it's like to not live from paycheck to paycheck. I don't know what it's like to not struggle. I don't know what it's like to not be on food stamps. I don't know what it's like to have stable relationships. I don't know what it's like to live in a family that's not dysfunctional. I don't know what it's like to receive consistent love. I don't know what it's like to have healthy relationships. So I'm just going to stay here because as messed up as here is, here has been my comfort zone. I have, I have needed to find comfort here. How many of us? have been in some situations where we said, you know what, Lord, I am just going to delight myself in you in these conditions. I'm going to praise you in these conditions. I'm going to accept these conditions. I'm going to be thankful for what I have right here. I'm going to work here. I'm going to sow here. I'm going to build here. I'm going to consecrate here. Not knowing that everything you're doing right there is setting you on a path to the throne. Thank you, Jesus. You don't even know. Hadassah, she had no idea. She had no idea that her life would one day be in the kingdom. She had no idea that one day she'd be queen. And that's where she would stay until she died. Status change, permanent. So, God has this way of making our latter years greater than our former years for everything that we lose. God gives back double, triple, a hundredfold. However he sees fit to bless you, he does it. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to align with reality. It can be absolutely impossible. But when your season shifts, 
God will literally, like we've seen him doing, start calling stuff to just fall down from heaven into your lap. Things will start coming together. Connections will start coming together. Resources will come together. Education will come together. Opportunities will come together that you did not think were possible because God said so. It has nothing to do with your upbringing, everything to do with God's purpose for your life. See, the Bible says that he doesn't call many mighty and many noble after the flesh, but he chooses the base things of the world to confound the wise. No, he doesn't need it. As a matter of fact, he will overlook people with high statuses. He will overlook people who have a great name. He will overlook people who are popular and well-known and considered to be fly and beautiful. He will look over all those people and pick you with your orphan self, with your food stamp self, with your, I only lived in the projects my whole life self. Yep. He'll choose you and he will take you from the projects and he will take you off of them food stamps and God will place you in a mansion and he will have your cupboards and your cabinets in your refrigerator overflowing. You'll have that deep freezer in the, in the basement. You'll have a deep freezer in the refrigerator in the garage. You'll be one of those people. Where you used to have to count stuff and you used to have to tally out things to see how you were going to eat. But God will flip it and give you abundance when you step into your Esther season. This is why the Apostle Peter said, and after you have suffered a while, my God, you may be living paycheck to paycheck. You may be on Social Security. I don't know all of y'all situations. But after you have suffered a while, this is a God who we serve. He will establish you. He will strengthen you. He will settle you. That's his word. That's his word. And so we see this word playing out in the life of Hadassah. Don't, don't get me started on the name change. Don't get me started that when God flips your season into this Esther season, he changes your name. Y'all Rebecca didn't get a name change. Eve didn't get a name change. Y'all not saying nothing. What's the other one? What's her name? Ruth didn't get a name change, y'all. Esther got the name change because the name change came with the promotion. Y'all. Because what I'm, what I'm telling y'all right now is absolute spiritual truth in law. This happens. See, the thing is, a lot of us don't stay faithful through the Eve season. God calls us to consecrate, spend time with him, learn how to pray, be alone with him, make time for him. We can't get past that season. So the Esther season doesn't make any sense for us. What is she talking about? What does she mean? Name change, promotion. You still struggling with your prayer life. Come on. Come on. God has things for you, but you got to get there. Come on. We don't understand the Esther season because we still with the Rebecca season trying to find our zeal and we still trying to find, oh, I don't know. I think God gave me this spiritual gift. I don't know if I want to answer the call. I'm not sure if I'm ready. Okay. Listen, let me tell you something. Play around and stay there if you want to. Stay with the menial task and trying to find your zeal and not being sure about your call if you want to. Go ahead. Stay there. You want to move on to Ruth? Stay there in a place where you're sowing, but you're not seeing anything because you're not ready to move forward yet. Stay there where you're learning to sow and you know you don't even want to do it yet. You don't even want to serve yet. You're not even sure about it yet. You haven't made the time for it yet. God's telling you to leave your job. God's telling you to move. He's telling you to do this and do that. And you, ah, no, 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 I don't want to do it. You're not ready. So, so many people don't get to see the Esther season. Think about it as the mountain peak. 
You're climbing, but you stop. You're climbing, but you go back. You're climbing, but you, you say, you know what? I'm going to build right here because right here is where I'm comfortable. And I know God has been calling me up higher, but I'm good right here. That's a lot of us. That is a lot of us. And a lot of the times God has to strip us and allow us to see where we really are so that we can actually begin to desire more and say, wait, I don't want to stay here. I want something else. Do y'all know it's okay for you to say that? For you to be grateful and thankful to the Lord for everything that you have? For you to, I mean, like praise him, thank him, do everything, show your appreciation and your gratitude for where you are? But do you know it's okay to say, you know what, God, but I feel like you have more for me. So thank you for that. You placed me here, but I want my, I want my real blessings. I'm only taking this as a place of transition. See, you believe what you speak and you speak what you believe. Death and life are still in the power of your tongue. If you're going to speak defeat, you're going to eat defeat. If you're going to speak victory and overcoming, that's what you're going to eat. It's in the power of your mouth. So no, I don't want to stay here because I know my God has more for me. The Bible says that my God is able and he can and he will do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or think. Come on here. He can supply all of my needs according to his glorious riches. All of my needs. All of them. What do you need? Come on here. What do you need? He can supply all of your needs. But a lot of us, we come to him, we ask, we waver, we're double-minded. We don't know if he's going to do it. Like, God, I want you to do it. And then let me try to do it myself and all that other stuff. And he's sitting back waiting like, you're not ready for the throne. You're not ready for the blessings. You're not ready for the name change. You haven't let go of your old mentality yet. Come on now. Come on. This thing is real. This Esther season is real. And God has this place for his children. After you have suffered a while, he will strengthen you. He will establish you. He will settle you. Come on now. You go through something. God is not unjust and unfaithful and unrighteous to forget what you've gone through. He's not unfaithful and unjust and unrighteous to forget your labor of love. There is recompense. Come, there's recompense for every seed sown. You don't have to stunt and bug out over no money. God will bless you. He will supply all of your needs. You don't have to bug out about that. Watch in due season, just like the Bible says, you will reap if you don't faint, period. Let me get to what I have written. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Y'all, a lot of us don't make it to the Esther season. So a lot of us don't even understand this. We don't understand these prophetic seasons. We don't make it because we don't even make it past Eve. Seriously. We don't make it past, you know, God is calling me to fast. He's calling me to pray. He's, you know, he's telling me to study. He wants to impart into me this, that, and the third. You know, um, we don't make it past that. We stay right there. We stay right there. I want to tell you by the spirit of the living God, listen to me today. God has more for you. I'm going to say it again. And I pray that your spirit absorbs these words because it's the truth. God has more for you. God has more natural things for you. And God has more spiritual things for you. 
Who Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. This word right here is absolute truth. This word right here, this prophetic season is what you've been working, sowing, serving, and consecrating for. Don't miss your seasons because you're so stuck in where you've been and what you've seen. Okay. This is why God separates us from family and from our old friends, because if we don't, if he doesn't do it, we will stay in that same cycle, mindset, dysfunction, and everything else that they operate in. He has to separate us to show us something different. He has to pull us out. Let's imagine we are in, um, the water with them or underwater with them. He has to kind of take us up for air. No, no, no. I'm going to show you how to live. I'm going to show you how to breathe. Come dry off and let me show you what life is like on the dry land. Cause you're drowning with them. You don't know. You don't know what it's like to inhale and exhale. Let me teach you. But as long as we're holding on to those old things, those old relationships, old mindsets, old neighborhoods and all that stuff, we can never make it there. You have to let go. You have to allow yourself to be stripped. And we see Esther stripped. When she comes in, no mother, no father. Jesus. Okay, listen. So um, the name changed. This is a process of purification. Uh, and, and I just want to, I want to just lay a little, about, uh, a little foundation and just give you a couple of little fun facts about the book of Esther. There are plenty of fun facts about Esther. As a matter of fact, back in, back in like November, I found out something new about the book of Esther. I'm like, really? And of course, I'm going to share it with you all, um, but not right now. <laughs> okay, so um, the name changed. So we see that her name is Hadassah, and Hadassah means myrtle, and it means, um, which is associated with hope. But um, Esther is her Babylonian name. Now, I'm assuming that her husband gave her a new name. Now, here is who she's named after, y'all. Here, here, here's who she's named after. Ishtar. Ooh, we didn't know that, right? She's actually named after Ishtar. But the whole thing is, um, it's believed that um, our Jewish, Jewish scholars who documented these things, because there's a law that says we, we are not to make mention of the names of other gods, their names shall not be in our mouths, that these um, scholars would just a little bit, as much as they could without changing it, changing it, change the name. Do you understand? So um, her name, she's named after Ishtar. But when it's written, and it's an Aramaic name. So, um, but we say Esther because that's the way it's documented. But it's actually Ishtar. Okay. Now, her new name was given to her by her husband and it was in honor of her new status and everything she represented to him, which was fertility, love, war, and sex. This is what Ishtar represents and this is what he says his new wife represents to him. Y'all know war, it was on. When she got into the palace, it was on. I'm telling you, the season won't be void of warfare. Um, of course, there was intimacy. Of course, there was love. And of course, there was fertility. Now, let me tell you about Mordecai. He is um, said to be named after Marduk. Marduk is a god in Babylon. In Babylon. Okay, if you could imagine that. 
And his name, um, this God, uh, Marduk, is uh, the God of justice, compassion, healing, regeneration, magic, and fairness. And if we look at Mordecai's character within scripture, then we can see why the king would name him after that God. And if we are not familiar with this custom of people of the royalty or the leaders in Babylon naming the, the Jews or people who came from another nation after their gods or changing their name in general, turn with me to Daniel, the fourth chapter. Turn with me there. We're going to go there really briefly. Thank you, Jesus. We're already 20 minutes in. I'm going to try to get y'all some because I'm telling y'all this, this particular topic is deep to me. This particular prophetic season is deep to me because we can get so caught up in the working, the serving, and the sowing. We can get so caught up in the consecrating that we don't realize that God was putting all of it together for a purpose, that he was taking us somewhere, that we weren't just consecrating so that we could just be deep, but God has a purpose for us. That's why he was imparting into us. That's why he was teaching us. That's why he needed us to himself because he had to design us and he had to construct us and he had to teach us. Glory to God before he placed us where we had to go. Thank you, Jesus. Esther already knew how to call a fast. Glory to God when she got into the kingdom. She knew what to do. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Um, Daniel 4 and 8. It says, but at the last, Dan Daniel, Daniel <laughs> came in before me whose name was Biel Tishazar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And before him, I told the dream saying, O Belteshazzar, master of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in thee and no secret troubles you. Tell me the visions of my dream that I have seen and the interpretation thereof. And Daniel read. Responds. Now, Daniel always gives glory to God. However, Daniel responds because this is the circumstances by which they were in. When they were taken into Babylon, they had to have, when they had um, a new rank and a new status, they had that promotion and it was above other people. It was an honor according to who they worked for to be named after a God. So, um, Daniel was named after a God and, um, we see Hadassah named after Ishtar. We see Mordecai named after Morduk. Okay. And these, um, gods, um, their attributes and whatever they were gods over, um, they would parallel these people's, um, these people's character and their role. Think about how Mordecai brought justice into the kingdom when he um, let it be known that there was a plot against the king in fairness and regeneration and healing and compassion that um, that that fostered um, in the kingdom. OK, so, yes, that is her Babylonian name. She's named after Ishtar. Can you imagine that you would have to be put y'all? Can y'all just flow with me? Because honestly, this is this is this is a unique one right here. But that God, when he wants to promote you, sometimes he will put you in places where you would least want to go. He will put you in places to bring righteousness into places where you had no, where you had no desire to be. Check, check this out. Joseph. Now we know this is before the law. Joseph, knowing who his father was, knowing who his grandfather was, knowing he's of um, Abraham, 
Isaac, Israel. He's of that lineage. The one who knows the one God, Joseph, the one who's dreaming. They know who God is. They don't serve strange gods, even though they may have some strange behaviors and um, uh, issues. They know who God is. This, this Joseph, he was chosen to go into a heathen nation, dress like a heathen so that he could save his people. Now, I'm not saying that we about to put on heathen clothes. I'm not saying that we're about to change what we know scripture says about the way we should carry ourselves as women, because that doesn't change. Y'all understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is God will take you with your sanctified self and place you among a people that you had no intention or no desire to be around because they were not like your sanctified self. And he will use their resources and their connections in their platform to bring glory to his name and to progress and put forth his purposes. That's what I'm saying. We got to we got to know Jesus like that. That Jesus, you would really want me to go into this particular realm or this particular area or this particular church or this particular career path because you want me to bring your glory here because nobody else is doing it. In comes Hadassah, my God. Here she goes with her Jewish self. Check this out. She couldn't even tell them. She couldn't even tell them that she was Jewish. She couldn't even tell them, hear me, because Mordecai told her not to. Don't tell them where you come from. Don't tell them who your people are. So she didn't even tell them where she came from. She was in there, covert, on assignment. Jesus, all right, all right, I don't know. If it, if it's resonating with anybody, if anyone has found themselves in a place, in a location or around people and they're like, Lord, why, why would you place me here? This is a preview to your Esther season. Or some of you may be in your Esther season. I'm trying to teach you into your Esther season. Y'all hear me. I'm, I want y'all to be spiritually aware and know how to step into your Esther season. Hallelujah. And what to expect, because if we're honest, the Esther season doesn't even look really like the Esther season. You can't see any glory coming <laughs> because of the amount of issues and warfare that come up in this season. You don't even know that God is doing a quick work in you to set you where he ordained you to be all along. You've been tending to everybody else's vineyard. Now, God tends to yours in this Esther season. All right. All right. All right. So here's the thing. Can we talk about this? Vashti, she's cool. You know, I don't know what made her say she didn't want to come. Maybe because she was tired of her husband and his drunkenness. Maybe she didn't want to be put on display. Maybe she was busy at that moment and just said, tell him I'm coming in a little while. I don't know. Cause sometimes I'm like, did she really say she wasn't coming or did she just tell them not right now? Maybe she was in the middle of doing something. Maybe she was in the middle of a speech. Like, I don't know what made Vashti say no. Okay. What made her decide that she wasn't coming at that very moment? But can I tell y'all something really quick? 
when God has ordained a place for you, it doesn't matter who's in that place. It doesn't matter how talented they are, how skilled they are, how beautiful they are, how anointed they are, how loved they are. If that's your place, they, with their beautiful, anointed, talented, love self, will have to be moved out the way because your seat is your seat. Your position is your position. Your promotion is your promotion and they can't have it. Sorry, Vashti. Hadassah is on the way. Sorry, Vashti. You're just keeping that seat while I'm being processed. You're just sitting there until I'm finished sowing and serving and working and consecrating. But when it's time for me to step into my place of promotion, you have to move. We don't ever have to be jealous about what anybody else has. All we have to do is follow the process. That's it. Get into your prophetic seasons. That's it. You don't got to worry about who's there. Listen, you don't have to worry about who has their attention. You don't have to worry about, well, God, you know, I've been here. I've been working. I've been doing this. I've been doing this. When your time comes, they'll have to move. When your time comes, they won't be seen anymore. When your time comes, their name won't be spoken anymore. When your time comes, they will be forgotten. Because all that favor, all that love, that promotion, that place, that was yours all along. Bye, Vashti. Come on, y'all say it. Say it if you know you got a place that you're going and somebody may be trying to take your spot or somebody may be falsely placed in where you're supposed to be. Bye, Vashti. Bye. Hadassah is coming. Hadassah is coming. I'm coming for my seat. I done sold. I done served. I done worked. Yep, God will stir up trouble right there. She got to go. Mm -mm. It wasn't for her. Any. She didn't have the right character for it. She didn't have the right attitude for it. She didn't have the right obedience for it. She didn't have the right submission for it. She didn't have the right servitude for it. See, everything that you're going through is so that you can get there. And we watch people mess up. Y'all not saying nothing. Because they didn't get processed. Like you're being processed. So it can look like they got it all together and got it all going on. But honey, when your time comes, buy Vashti. Bye. Bye. Okay. When your time comes, that's it. <sighs> y'all. Y'all. What we gonna do? What we gonna do? You know what? We 30 minutes in. I'm gonna stop this right here. I'm gonna let y'all eat on that and chew on that. Okay. The name change, the process, the fact that where you are is not God's final place for you. You're not staying there. You're moving. You're in your Esther season. And we're going to go into the um, topic of purification and this scrubbing and this cleansing that we see take place in the life of Esther. So yes, God will bring some changes into your life. You have to be willing to flow with him. You have to be willing to go through the changes that he has ordained you to go through. Because quite frankly, these changes are not for you. God is sending you to a people. You understand? God is sending you to a people. And God knows how to get you ready and prepare you to be seen and heard by these people. Do y'all understand? 
that even though it may look like loss, it may look like change, it's really promotion. And that God is just setting you up for a greater platform and God is setting you up for a change. Listen to me, y'all. Go through your seasons. Take your prophetic seasons very seriously. If you are sowing and serving and working, so serve and work with all your heart. Consecrating, spending a long time with God, getting your impartation, do it with all your heart. Working with zeal, doing even the smallest things, asking, presenting yourself and offering yourself to do whatever you can to be a blessing to those in need. Yes, do it with all your heart. And while you're doing it, you are setting yourself up for promotion, for a status change, for a name change, for a new place. Hallelujah. And to be enjoined to the king. All right. This right here, this topic, this season, because all that praying that you've been doing, all that struggling that you've been doing, the enemy is trying to fight against you getting here. He wants you to think that where you are is where you're supposed to stay. The devil is a liar. The struggles that you're in right now. No, no, no. You're overcoming those because the Bible says I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. I'm going to fight and I'm going to do whatever I have to do because I'm getting out of this season. I'm going into my next season, my next season. I'm going until I get into my Esther season because I don't want to stay here because I know God has more for me. That's why God has promised more. This house is cute. But this is not the promise. This car is cute, but this car is not the promise. This anointing, this new prayer life I have, this is cute. This is not the promise. This ministry I have, this is cute. This is not the promise. This heart that I have, this is nice. I'm better than I was two years ago. This is not the promise. My way of thinking, my way of um, producing, it's, it's improved. It's better. It's more efficient. This is not the promise. Don't allow the enemy to keep you mentally and spiritually where you are. And things are constantly changing around you in the physical realm. And people are getting their promotions and people are doing this with their children and that with their children and able to go here and there and there. And you're just content with sitting where you are. The devil is a liar. I'm going to prophesy new things for you, new things for your children, new location. Y'all homeschool. Y'all going to start taking trips to places to see. Them. Why does it have to be everybody else and not you? I was hearing Priscilla Schreier saying that she homeschools her children because she travels a lot. So when she goes to Africa, her children are in Africa. When she goes to um, uh, Europe somewhere, her children are with her. Wherever she goes, they're with her. Why that can't be you? When you're going to different parts of Africa and you, you, you're taking a trip to the U.S. And you're taking a trip to uh, Italy and all that stuff. Why can't it? Why, why is it just her? Why not you? If God is no respecter of persons. And you've been sowing and you've been praying and you've been believing, then why not you? So, yes, thank you, Jesus, for what we have and where we are. But we want more. I want my children to see more. I want us to do more. I want them to be exposed to different things. Why just those people and not me? No, no, no. In scripture, I see God when he prospers, he prospers the family. He does good things for family. We have to come out of this mindset that says we are supposed to stay where we are forever. If you want more, if you want more for your children, if you want more for yourself, you may really genuinely be comfortable and say, listen, I don't want more. I'm good right here. 
And if that's you, then that's fine. I have nothing to say against that. But for everybody who wants more, start speaking it. Start believing for it. Start praying for it. Start sowing for it. No, I'm not staying here. This is not the promise. I'm not going to get comfortable here. This is not the promise. Let me tell y'all something. When things got uncomfortable for me in certain places, and I knew it was time for me to move, you know what I would start doing? I would take a trip to the store, get some boxes and some crates and start packing. Where are you going? Don't know yet. But I know I'm getting up out of here. I know God has better for me than here. And guess what? Every single time I was out, every single time God placed me in a better place, every single time, you have to speak it, believe it and insist upon it. No, I'm not staying here. I'm not living in these conditions. I don't want to live in this neighborhood. I don't want to live here. I don't want these kind of neighbors. I don't want this type of influence around my children. Absolutely not. I'm not confused about it. I don't need any more clarity. I'm moving. That's it. Come on, y'all. Come on. I hear the, the angel of the Lord the, the saying to John, come up hither. Come up a little higher. You don't have to settle for that. You are a part of a kingdom. Come on now, Esther. You're, you're, you're married to the king. Don't you allow Satan to fool you out of your inheritance. Don't allow him to fool you out of your spot in the kingdom. Don't allow him to fool you out of your promotion. This is not just for you, it's for your children. What do you believe and what do you want? Mm-mm. Don't settle because one thing we know about God, he has more. Oh, no, it's more. No, it's more. No, I know God has more. No, no, no. The way I've been praying, the way I've been fasting, the way I've been obedient, the way I've been sacrificing, the way I've been sowing. Oh, no, there's more. Jesus said the people were taking the kingdom with violence and they were getting it. They were pressing upon him, touching the hem of his garment, doing whatever they had to do to get what they needed from their king. I'm just preaching Bible. I'm teaching Bible. If you want more, God has more for you, period. If you want to stay where you are, then you can. But if you've been sowing, serving, working, and you've been following your prophetic process, let me tell you something. One day you're going to find yourself elected for a position that you didn't even apply for, that you're not even qualified for. How low orphan girl get qualified to become the queen? Come on with the Esther season. Come on with the Esther season. Y'all believe it and receive it. It's the word of God. You believe it, so you speak it. This is about your inheritance. This is about God's perfect will for you. This is about you coming up out of that warfare, out of those struggles. There's an end to those things. You're not going to stay there forever. But first, your mind has to leave that place. You have to say, no, I don't want this. It's not wrong with saying, I want more. God forbid I would have stayed in those places where I was living. God forbid I would have stayed in that torment and kept that warfare going on perpetually. No, I'm leaving. I know you have better for me. I know you do. I know this is not the best. I know you want more for me than this. I know you've given me scriptural promises and those things cannot be fulfilled in this place. Come on now. And then we look at other people when they have their, um, their millions and their mansions and we start getting frustrated with God. Don't get frustrated with him. 
Follow your process. Don't worry about what they got going on. Don't worry because they probably got it quick. So it won't be lasting. God tries to set us up from generation to generation. Don't worry about what they got. Concern yourself with what God is doing for you and what you have and what you don't have. All right. All right. We're going to end it here. I love y'all. Father, in the name of Jesus, let this word take root. Let it begin to overturn minds that have been numb because of unfortunate circumstances. Let it overturn hardness in the heart that has come about through seasons of warfare that have been overbearing. In the name of Jesus, Father, I'm asking that you would send angels to minister to each and every person who's listening to this. I pray that this word brings confirmation and understanding. Hallelujah to each and every person listening to this. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Because we're coming out of those seasons because you have more for us. There's more. Thank you, Jesus, for the name change. Thank you that we won't be recognized as we used to be recognized. Thank you for the promotion. Thank you for more. You're good, God. You're great. It's all for your glory. All for the preservation of your kingdom and your people. All for your purpose. Help us to get in line for your purposes. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.